It's easy to get lost. This is The Revenue Maze, and I'm Valerie Cobb. Join me as we navigate the halls, dead ends, and U-turns on our path towards upward growth trajectory. The Revenue Maze is sponsored by Lodestar URY, guidance and execution through fractional revenue leadership, uncovering hidden revenue streams, and empowering small business growth through process-driven sales. Welcome, everybody. I am so excited about today's guest. This is a longtime friend, so I'm going to give a very warm welcome to to this. Um, So there is a difference between a tax professional and a tax preparer. This gentleman is a tax professional, and he has um, a lot of innovative industry experience, which is super exciting that we all want to hear about today. Also, he is the president and owner of Cash Tracks Financial. And like I said, he's a longtime friend. So I really love to have him on. Welcome, Marcelino Dodge. Well, thank you, Valerie. It's a really a pleasure to be able to join you and to be able to speak to your audience today on these uh, important matters that uh, really all business owners need to consider to uh, uh, work through their revenue maze there. Absolutely. So now, Marcelina, I did tell you, we always start the show with one question. What can you tell the listeners that will help them get out of the revenue maze? Well, my thought on that particular question is always when it comes to the revenue maze is to keep tax planning in mind in dealing with a tax professional when doing so. Dun, 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 taxes. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Well, keeping that in mind, you know, there's a lot of times that people will just say, okay, well, I'll do that later. So give us some pointers on how, how they should kind of think this through. Well, what they need to do as they think it through is from the very beginning, whether they're new in business, contemplating starting a business, or if they've been in business a while and just been kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, roughing it or doing it yourself. Uh-huh. They really, they really need to get with a, a true tax uh, professional, one, an individual who can help them to work through tax issues and even prevent tax problems, ranging from just the income tax part of it for the business. If you're like an entity, like a corporation or a partnership, or even if you're working as a sole proprietor, there's many successful businesses that are just mm-hmm. sole proprietors, but there's many issues that they deal with in themselves that they just totally overlook and they and just businesses need to and individuals need to think this through because 90 percent of the time i have just what you mentioned there they, they come in well i thought about it later or this and it's always after december 31st when they think about it when you can't do anything for the prior year and you end up paying a buku amount of tax that you really didn't have to pay and you yeah. missed tax credits and stuff. So, and I love this topic. I mean, it is near and dear to my heart because I've done a couple of startups and um, 
you know, even in the teaser for this show, I talk about how uh, a lot of problems exist within the small business in the small business realm. And they all need that cash flow to keep things going. And one of the, the biggest things that I see with some of that is kind of the distinction between what you said, consulting a tax professional versus a tax preparer. Cause I'm, I, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, I'm going to go get my tax preparer, right? How many of them really actually say, I'm going to go get a tax professional to give me the advice. Mm-hmm. So that's like saying, I'm going to go to a paralegal, you know, <laughs> instead of an attorney. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how I feel about it. Now I'm not a tax professional even though I pretend to be sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not a tax professional. But as we start to talk about um, some of that preparation, first of all, define for me what you see as what the difference is in a tax professional versus a tax preparer. Well, to me, I'll start with the tax preparer. Is that a tax preparer is the individual who I describe them as the seasonal, January through April person. And then they disappear the rest of the year. Okay. And the information, whether individual or business, in particular business side, a business will bring in their profit and loss statement for the year that the tax preparer looks at it and just runs with it. Okay. Just plugs all the information in and spits out a tax return and says, here's how much you owe, (laughs) sign here, and here's how much you owe me for doing it. Mm-hmm. and see you next year. Yeah. That's really, to me, all a tax preparer does. And there are many people who just essentially do that. Well, and you hire, I mean, you hire support during the the high yeah. season to help prepare. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And I have, I mean, yeah, I, I have support people, which I have during the busy yeah. season, but, uh, but too many people, but there's a lot of preparers. That's just who are individuals actually in my position that's, that's what they do. That's all they do. They go in, they go through the seasonal thing and they're done and they're gone. So if those notices coming from the IRS, which the last two years have really been a pain because of these stimulus payments and Mm -hmm. people claiming they didn't get them and this kind of stuff, and which has created a lot of work, but anyway, uh, (laughs) or if the ones they didn't report and they have a thing and then they have this preparer that they can't find. They all, cause everybody always goes, Oh, I got a letter from the IRS. Got to talk, go talk to my tax person, which is a good thing to do, which is what I encourage actually. But yeah, a tax preparer, you can't find. Yeah. Yeah. They're gone. They're doing whatever. Now a tax professional, like is what I take pride in being as, as an enrolled agent with the IRS is I take pride in talking to my clients, I don't matter if they're individual or business, we want, they bring in their information. And I say, have you considered this possibility? Have you considered this possibility? And both individual and business. And then I have the person when they're sitting across me go, my other guy never asked me that question. I said, I can't answer why they didn't ask you that question, but I can say, <laughs> I'm asking you that question right now. Yeah. And then, oh, by the way, to help you business, you you need to do this, this, and this, or on your profit and loss statement, which many people will set up their do-it-yourself accounting software. Mm-hmm. And some of them do <laughs> a good job. Some of them do a not so good job. Yeah. And some of them put things onto that 
profit and loss that don't belong onto the profit and loss because the saw that software just lets them do whatever. Yeah. Well, they, it's a, it's a tool. It's not, it's, it's a tool. Yeah. And I, and in the, some of the businesses I work with, I grad in the business, all the businesses I work with, I gradually get them converted over to say, okay, you need to make sure you put this over here on the balance sheet and you put this over here on the profit and loss. Just don't throw just because you put money out. It doesn't mean it goes onto the profit and loss. And I, I help, I, I work them through those things to correct those things and then help them to be able to put it together rightly. And then once we have that fixed, then we actually can get to doing a tax return. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and then once we know where the taxes are, then we sit back and we go and, okay, what can we do to adjust for the year? Do we need to maybe look at, uh, at some potential tax credits that you may be eligible for at some point? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, there, there's too much to try to go into business wise, but there are tax credits out there that ones can qualify for. There's just too much detail to try to cover in a podcast like this yeah no need to no really be and... fresh i'll really understand it but i'm just going to mention a couple of them here that i put together one is the work opportunity credit which is often missed by many businesses which mm -hmm. is basically a tax credit uh, that you can get for hiring certain targeted groups okay and mm -hmm. so which which can be up to worth uh was it 40 percent of wages or up to 2400 dollars for an yeah. individual tax credit you can get there, there, there's a lot of work and a detail with it, but that's something that can be done that can help a business with its cash flow. Everybody likes credits. Yeah. And that's a good deal. And then the other one, like we talked a little bit before, uh, like the research and development tax credit, which is another often missed credit for businesses. And it's, it's very broad, uh, can be very beneficial to a business. Yeah. We're talking thousands of dollars of credit. A business could get a small business can get for this credit, but it, when you're doing research, devoting time, innovating products and so on, there's, there's tests you got to go through with it, but it could very well be worth the business's uh, time to take a look at these things. Cause then you get these credits back and it can add back to your cash flow. And a good thing about some of these, especially the R and D credits is that if it's an open tax year, which means, uh, let me see, we're still in nine. Uh, I gotta always get my math. We're 18. I think, is it 18 is still open? 18, 19, 20. No, no, no. I'm sorry. 19 and 20. So you could actually, if you qualify for it, you can actually go back to 2019, amend that tax return and get a credit for that year if you're eligible. So these are just a couple of the items to, uh, to possibly consider. And then, then, then each state is a little bit different as well, have, some, have similar credits in these. So these are just some of the areas where a business can actually help through the revenue maze by some of these refundable tax credits and reduce their actual tax liability. And depending on the entities, entity, some of these could flow through down like to the S corp shareholders or partners in a partnership. Absolutely. I took, yeah. I, so yeah, capital gains, a lot of things that people don't pay, you know, if you have some kind of gain or loss and wow, I, I, so here is kind of a, kind of you and I've had had a standing joke about it actually <laughs> and it was more based on preventative care right we want to prevent health issues mm -hmm. right yes. so we take vitamins we take this and we take mm -hmm. that right yes and we want to constantly lower any kind of our health insurance whatever we're doing right mm -hmm. <laughs> yes yet 
On December 31st of that year, we contact a tax professional to tell us what we should have done, right? I mean, that's, that's okay. We should have done that. So next year we'll be prepared, but with small businesses failing within most of them in the first couple of years, that might just be a little bit too late. They could have had some help in there. Yes. And, and so I would love people to hear a little bit more about kind of your journey because you were not wanting to become a tax professional necessarily, <laughs> right? And so tell us a little bit about, you know, how you kind of came to this and why it's, you came to this. It's a, I look back at that and it is one of the craziest things. I don't think I didn't, actually, I didn't even tell you this ahead of time, but when oh, I, okay. went, <laughs> but I, when I came out of high school, I had this dream of being like a radio DJ. Well, there's your mic. You got it. Ready yeah. to go. <laughs> and so I, I made my decisions going in based on where I could get some good training, which took me to CSU Pueblo, which at that time had a really good program. It's mass communications with an emphasis in radio and television broadcasting. Anyway. <laughs> Went through the program, had an enjoyable time, got to work for a major radio station for three years in Pueblo, Colorado. Wow. Got to meet some great people. It's funny because I watch, uh, 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 what's KOAA TV out of uh, Colorado Springs slash Pueblo because it covers both areas. Uh -huh. There's actually uh, the weatherman on there is a man who, had, who I had briefly worked with there at that radio station in Pueblo. Oh my goodness, I am sitting at the feet of a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really funny. And it is really, it's really funny because one of the and the the at the time uh, I worked at the radio station, the general manager of that radio station was also a weatherman at that same television station at the time. So it was it was kind of interesting how that all came together. Anyway, <laughs> let's fast forward a little bit up to okay, graduated out of high graduated college and uh worked in radio for a little while. Anyway, I jumped around to a few things, but kind of about it, I'll just say it was around the mid nineties. I got this little thing in the mail that talked about a little tax preparation course. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Cause I was all, I've always been, I was always good with numbers. Math was one of my favorite subjects, but for whatever reason, I never pursued anything in college about it. In fact, I tested out a math, so I didn't even take college math. <laughs> because my ACT score was so high. But anyway. You mean my five out of four people are smart at math t-shirt doesn't quite work with you? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I can't say that. All I, I haven't had math since I last took calculus in high school. So anyway. Uh, anyway, so I kind of did it. I dabbled in it a little bit, but then I got started in, in insurance. I did some insurance and got into some investment, kind of dabbing, kind of dabbled with that for a while. Then a friend of mine here in Lamar, Colorado, which is where my business is located, was uh, just looking for a little bit of help during tax season one mm. year. And uh, I said, well, I got, I've taken at least a basic course. I know what's, I know, kind of know what's going on. I know what a dependent is. I know what an exemption is all at the time. So anyway, so I worked, uh, that started the interesting uh, connection because we worked together that year and then things moved and progressed and uh, worked together. Actually, we worked together for a few more years and then that uh, friend decided she was going to get out of the 
tax prep business. So that's basically, and she, it was called cash tracks at the time. Okay. Okay. So I just essentially bought the tax clientele from her. Wow. And and I've just refined and adjusted the business. She, she had become an enrolled agent uh, in the late nineties. She had gone through that testing process. And so I says, well, I gotta, I gotta do something similar. So finally uh, I spent a couple of years studying actually the first, time I took the tests I only passed one out of four of them because what most people don't realize now it's actually a three test deal but at that time it was a two test it was a four test deal taken oh. over a two-day period oh, and it ouch. was a, it was administered by the IRS oh yay because we all like going to the IRS like the dentist right yeah <laughs> well these were actually one let me see the first year I did it it was up in golden they'd used a college a college uh-huh. classroom in Golden to administer it. Second year I went up, it was in Denver, somewhere, I think it was the Denver Museum, one of the downtowns, somewhere in downtown Denver is where it was. So I went and took it and I got, got through all four tests that year because it takes them about four, at that time, it took about four months before you got the results of the tests. Mm. Mm-hmm. And they says, okay, yep, here's your letter. You pass the test. Now submit your application, submit your fingerprints, submit your background check, all of this stuff here. So I submitted all that. Then about two months later, you get, oh, here's your enrollment certificate. You are now officially an enrolled agent. Make sure you go and get your 24 hours of continuing education each year, but also make sure two of those is ethics. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and so <laughs> since March of 2006, I've been an enrolled agent, which is, I don't know, I call, I would say as an enrolled agent, I'm probably the Rodney Dangerfield of taxes. Okay. Because a lot of times enrolled agents agents are so unknown, basically, and in in some ways not respected. Yeah. Because uh, CPAs are great people, but they just have the name recognition. Yeah. And and, but what people because the because in the tax business, what most people don't realize is that not all CPAs do taxes or even know anything about taxes. Yes, that is very true. I do know that. Believe it or not, I knew one. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I knew the answer to that one. <laughs> and I've, uh, and I've, uh, although most of the CPAs around me all do some sort of tax preparation because I'm in a small town, but you get into some other areas or some companies, there's CPAs that focus on auditing, focus on reviews, financial statements, all this kind of stuff. They don't touch anything with taxes. No, they don't. They don't. And a lot of them don't want to, you know, because, okay, let's talk about the fun part of that. Have you memorized the Old Testament? If you're Christian, you know the Bible, but have you memorized the Old Testament? Well, I've studied, I've studied it, but I have not memorized it. It's, I'm just not that, I'm not that skilled, but I have studied it quite a bit. So I always liken the IRS tax code to the Old Testament, right? You get into Leviticus and numbers and all the, how many steps Uh and what do you do and how do you do it and subtractions and additions. But if anybody would like to know the difference between a tax professional and a tax pre- preparer, and I am not either one of those. <laughs> Think of it as those that are so accustomed with the IRS tax code that they can ask those questions, right? Mm-hmm. The right questions to remember the preventative care start, right? Mm-hmm. Of your company yeah. and the health of your company. 
because I don't know a person out there nowadays. Now I'm sure there's some something out there that has the Old Testament memorized any more than, <laughs> than somebody out there has the entire IRS tax code memorized. And I'm not saying pro professionals have it all memorized, but they are sometimes more familiar with it than the actual IRS agents out there. <laughs> In some cases, yes, definitely can say that because I know I just did some training today on IRS liens and levies. And sometimes in some cases you have to, to get a, a lien or a levy released, you have to remind an IRS agent about a certain tax court case or a certain part <laughs> of the uh, internal revenue manual saying, uh, you need to re release this because this is what the law says. So this is what yes. the law says. I know. So then let's, how on earth, Marcelino, do, yeah, um, I guess software might help a little bit with that. But if the IRS agents themselves don't always know what the law is, then how do we program to the law? And how do small businesses trust, come 100%, maybe that they put the information in in the system correctly, because I know I've been corrected many times. Well, you might not want to do that, Valerie, even though you think it's that way by a tax professional. I have been corrected by it, right? So I know for a fact that I am not a tax professional. <laughs> so it's that if then statement, right? It's yeah. kind of like well, it's, differentiating it's... Marcelino Dodge from. Well, a lot too many times individuals, and this is something that a tax professional that's getting good education, continuing education will get. Because I have been told and instructed in many classes I've gone to, and some of them I've gone to for, for years with the same education company, because they just they, they just do a fantastic job, is they actually say the software will do the calculations good. You can always trust the calculations, which I have for the most part, I can't agree with because that is true. But what you got to watch with software, and this is true of, I don't care if you're using do-it-yourself accounting software yeah. or tax software, you cannot always trust where it puts it. You have to still go back and make sure, did it put that where you want that to be or where it really should be? Or should you put it, period. Or should, or should you even so, put it in that spot? Yeah. Exactly. Because, I, you know, and you and I have had dialogue on earned income credit and some of those things. A mm -hmm. software tool, you can put numbers in a software tool, but should that person be doing their earned income credit? And that's a mm -hmm. whole other dialogue we're not going to go into today. Yes. <laughs> but the But I guess what I find very interesting with what you're saying and what, you know, getting out of the revenue maze is when we're talking about preventing or making sure that we're offered the right credits as small business, when I'm saying we're, I'm small business, uh, my startups had been, have been small businesses, right? It's just paramount. It's paramount that you seek advice because it is a little bit like mm -hmm. saying that I play a pastor 
<laughs> but I don't, right? It, it's a little bit like saying, mm -hmm. um, I should know every nuance of, mm -hmm. of the IRS code. And I know you don't know every nuance. I don't think even the government knows every nuance <laughs> of, of the law, right? I mean, even attorneys have to look up law when they're dealing with law. We, we know that. But you, but as a professional, you would know how to help them prevent some of the issues that they're running into with mm -hmm. their cash flow, with their ability to free up cash, with their, you know, if you do this this year, and we do that with heavy equipment too sometimes, right? Well, it's like, if you take ownership of it, then you can take the depreciation. And if it mm -hmm. makes sense mm -hmm. to what your profitability is, if yes. it makes sense, you can section 179 it or whatever, mm -hmm. and you can experience, yes. you know, a loss that then helps you have mm -hmm. money coming through the door that you are not at that yes. moment paying. So I love the timing that you're talking about. I yeah. love that. Yeah, that's that point that you talked about the section 179 seats. That's the difference between another difference between a tax preparer and a tax professional. Uh -huh. In fact, a tax preparer will just look, oh, look at this. This stuff came in. You bought all this equipment. You just need to write it all off right now. I know, right? You just need to do it is Yay, what they say. And just what it. they automatically do. <laughs> and I see, I see that done all the time, but I'll sit down and I'll, I go through it. And I always actually will do a tax return without expensing large equipment off initially and explain to the taxpayer this is why and this is what's happening i in the end i do let them make the choice i explain the positives i explain the negatives i explain the potential consequences of okay if you take it off keep in mind you're not going to be able to do this next year mm -hmm. or you know this year you're um in some case, it really depends on where they are. But in some cases, I, I am able to tell a, convince a taxpayer because they have uh, maybe their expenses alone, they have a low, a low profit for the year, I can say, you know, let's not take this piece of equipment off because you may need that deduction in future years. Yeah. And yeah. that helps your cash flow in future years, because this year, this is very viable, but next year, you may need that extra five or 6,000 or 20,000, whatever the, whatever the amount may be, a depreciation on that piece of equipment to offset your potential, in, your potential income for the following year. Because I know many businesses are struggling now, but I know other businesses that are doing great. Yeah. And they're having, doing very, they're making good profits. They're having good sales. And so I always try to, I, I always try to think not just of the current tax year. That's my, I don't, I, I don't think of the current, just the ta current tax year. I think of future tax years. How will taking this action affect you going forward there? Is it going to cause you to pay more tax later on if we take all of this machinery off? So that's, that's one of the important considerations I always make when talking, when talking to clients is let's make a good decision on how we're going to do this. That way, not only are we taking care of this year, but we're looking at future years. Some decide, well, I just want to take it all off regardless, but Hey, as long as you know, I informed you. Don't as come back. I, and sometimes I say, don't come back next year and complain to me about how much tax you're paying because I, I warned you. So, or you probably <laughs> warned them of the law that they have to take delivery of it instead of ordering it on December 31st. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, on occasion. Yes. Have had. Yeah. To do that. And boy, boy. But see, those are some of the things. So, 
As we start thinking about small business and we start thinking about ahead of time and planning, because I, you know, I work, you know, I got to do the difference between, you know, a sales manager and a chief revenue or sales officer working from the five-year plan backward or working with the immediate. There, there, there's kind of some similar things there. And whether it makes sense for a business who is at a certain revenue to actually hire the full-time equivalent or whether they should hire that part-time. And I've actually turned customers away because they're not ready for something like that, right? But at the end of the day, that's kind of what I like about what you offer, Marcelino, because you're going to be very real and genuine with your clientele. You're going to explain that because first of all, you didn't grow up through the roots of just, okay, I'm doing tax preparation to make money for the season. And you really care about Mm -hmm. what happens to that business. And, and I respect that. I respect that a lot. Sometimes people don't love that you're giving them that advice because they want to do what they want to do, but I respect it. Right. And so as we start to talk about that, A lot of the listeners really, really want to know a little bit about kind of if you could give your younger self advice, what would it be right now? Well, that's a tough one. I don't know what I would tell my. I (laughs) I threw it at you, didn't I? (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of a that's kind of a tough one. Uh, Well, what I would probably say is uh, just keep keep working at because I, at doing, at making, uh, well, just like everything you tell yourself, make better decisions when you're younger. <laughs> yeah, you wish. Oh, sorry. <laughs> make, make a better decision or maybe um, uh, do my, start doing my IRA earlier. I know that's one thing I would have said earlier. I would have said the same thing. Because <laughs> uh, I didn't have many tax issues, my younger self. So uh, No, but you have a, you have a successful business and you didn't start off in tax preparation. Yeah. So it's it. And I did, I threw it at you and I totally get (laughs) it. And you may come back to that, but I am also curious, kind of like, who's your mentor? You know, what, what brought you to this point? Who's your mentor? Well, I would say, as I look at this, uh, as far as a mentor, uh, or I would say probably the inspiration would be there, there'd be more too. I always think of how hardworking my grandfather was. Okay. Uh, which yeah. is all, his name is also Marcelino. Oh, awesome. <laughs> uh, granted, he, he uh, did pass away in 97, but just seeing his determination, how he was never, he was a small man, actually shorter than I am, Okay. Uh, who was very, is very determined he went through a lot of uh, uh stuff in because he was he, he has a lot of uh, american indian blood in him he's he's very dark okay my grandfather i got several photos of him in my or well pictures of him in my office here and people always look who's that good looking indian they go that's my grandfather <laughs> and you still call him an american indian <laughs> I, I do i mean because he had he had a lot of american indian blood in him uh, uh-huh. And it's, it's really big in our family about the American Indian side of our family. So, yeah. we, uh, 
yeah. but he, he was definitely a good inspiration. Then I, and then I just had, and just simply stated, I'd have to say my mother who I lost three years ago, uh, was, was a very good, uh, inspiration and mentor. She always, she was very good at holding her ground on a many, on a lot of areas. She was once again, a, a short person in height, but tall in stature because she, she really, she really did a lot. And I, and the reason that I say that is because my biological father mm-hmm. passed away when I was almost six. Wow. Uh huh. And so she was really the rock that raised us. Yes. And I had a wonderful stepfather actually for 20 some years, which he, he was a great man. Another a man that uh, also did a lot of wonderful things for us and took very good care of my mother. So but yet that's just the tough part about it is just thinking about how those individuals really, really influenced a lot of things and helped me to uh, adjust some things as well as just seeing the roles, how <laughs> with my mother, it's like, I go from being dependent on her to her being dependent on me and asking me about <laughs> tax and tax. She's asking me about <laughs> life insurance. Cause all these things that I've, that I've, that I had done before she passed away, she, it was just, it was, it was just weird. That was a hard thing I had trouble dealing with was her coming to me for advice on stuff after me getting her advice from her for so long. So, yeah, that's, you know, I, I remember being at a company meeting and we were all supposed to wear superhero um, kind of genre. Right. And mm. so I just, I, and then we were supposed to say who our superhero was. And so I didn't wear any genre. And I said, my superhero is my mom, you know, mm-hmm. and that, you know, and as they were all being like Superman and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, I'm like, no, she's the superpower. Mm-hmm. And of course my dad is as well. But, you know, as I started to think of some of those things, yeah, it was very important. And part of the reason I, I kind of asked you that question is because a little birdie told me that you grew up on a ranch Mm-hmm. And for some reason, you like manual labor, and therefore, I, we'd love to hear about that. And that I do know that you love to ride horses, so it must have come from that kind of side of the family too, as well. So, oh uh, yeah, we grew up. I mean, I, my grand, my stepfather, which that's this is one of the wonderful parts about. It, he had horses, which is what made him immediately attractive to myself and my older brother. Uh-huh. Uh, that he raised horses. He. He, he, he raised them, had some very nice horses, little 38, 38 acre ranch that, uh, uh, that we had, we grew up on very nice little place, but see, that's just the small part. See, my okay. grandfather had an, had an 800 plus acre ranch, which is still in the family wow. that we used to go visit a lot and did a lot of horseback riding over there growing up. And a little fascinating fact here as well is that I, I wish I could find that, but anyway, there was a time when I, I was real young or actually we actually did riding a cow <laughs> you rode a cow <laughs> i rode a cow i've heard of cow tipping but i haven't uh yeah no i haven't we did cow yeah cow. well because we had milk cow <laughs> my grandfather had milk cows that he had done for years milk cow so we had fresh cow's milk that would go in and we'd go in and take it down and separate it and we'd get the nice oh good cream off of oh. that milk and uh Anyway, that was a lot. And then fresh eggs. They had a big old chicken coop, bunches oh. of chickens, and we'd always have fresh eggs and such, and then be able to really have the old, the just just a good old time as a family. 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. There. And I I've watched because even when you when you have hired employees, I've watched like on LinkedIn and mm-hmm. you will promote and say it's part of the family. This is the new person. And yeah. uh, so you have yeah. that great sort of upbringing that kind of, um, you know, makes it sticky for people to want to come and join because they want to yeah. feel like they're part of that family. So that's yeah. really awesome. And- and that's what I really love. I, I, I love making my clients feel like family because that's mm-hmm. really how I view them all in a sense as a part of family and saying, okay, if I was in this person's position, how would I want them to be? How would I want to be treated? I always try to put, I always put myself in the client position, which is to me, which makes it very appealing to clients. And I've had clients say some unusual things to me. <laughs> you clean that up <laughs> that has nothing to do with taxes i mean i had a confession from a client a few few weeks ago on something because we worked through some issue with the irs uh the irs id me system which that's a whole nother discussion too um <laughs> that's a whole nother one yeah <laughs> i just he, he sat there and told me about his background and everything i'm like i didn't even ask you where'd all this come from Oh, anyway, then I, and I talked to his wife later. She just said, well, there's just, I don't know, some quality that she described. I can't remember what it is. Anyway, I guess they just feel the the love, I guess. Cause I tried, I try to make people feel loved. I just, yeah. I just really like that. And what I love, see, that's one of the things I love about being an enrolled agent mm-hmm. is the fact that it doesn't matter where you live in the United States because the licensing comes from the IRS. It don't matter if you're in Maine or California, Texas, wherever you are, I can help you in taxes because it's a, it's a nationwide license. That's awesome. And so that's what I like about it, which is why I've also, and I've been working on this for years, which is why I've had a website for years, which is why the last few years I've really implemented various uh, virtual because everybody had to go virtual, but I've been working, I had been working on that already. Yeah. Uh, I just got it fully implemented now with e-signatures. I mean, I, I do have clients all over the country that I work with. Uh, and we just, and some I've never physically met, but I got IDs on them through a client portal. I, we've had meetings like we're discussing over zoom right now with them to talk about their situation and mm-hmm. help them to solve stuff. So it's, it's very easy to do in these days. And when you're in a time period where some people just are not comfortable going to an office, yeah. To visit yeah. somebody in person. I feel this is such a valuable service to provide. And it shows that you care because you offer the service. Yeah. I think I linked you with the work from anywhere group at one point too, because there's some expats from the United States there's expats from other countries as well on work from anywhere, but um, because they were asking tax questions and you'd be the perfect person. And I started to think of, the contributions, excuse me. Yeah, I'm still getting over COVID. (laughs) Anybody who listens to one, a couple of them with my sinuses, I feel bad for them. But anyway, um, I, the virtual five o'clock group, I think they'd be awesome. I think you'd be great with them because it's the same methodology um, and the same culture that you're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. the very familiar and, um, 
Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's so interesting um, being in the sales industry, and we're going to wrap up in just a second, but, you know, we talk about things like how good humans sell, right? And how we do certain things and other people's aversions to different types of things. And when I'm training sales teams, I always tell them, well, that's because you're trying to sell and you've got that stigma, right? But also <laughs> it, it goes to the genuine and the, and the whole mm-hmm. point of culture, right? And what you like. And that's what I've always liked about you. And that's what I like about the virtual five o'clock group, because when they're, when they're networking, they're genuinely trying to make sure that all their members have what they need down to people who need jobs, right? And, um, we talk about referral networks and, and some of those things. And some people go, Oh, we don't want to refer. Well, why wouldn't you want to refer? And so I would definitely say if somebody was looking for a tax preparer and not just a preparer, a professional, somebody who really cares about the world, their business, cash tracks and Marcelino is, is the guy, you know, I mean, that, that's just, it's just it. He cares and he wants people to understand their business and prevent problems with their businesses in the future, period. I mean, it, it, we, none of us loves paying taxes, but we all love the benefit of paying taxes. And we all need to know the law well enough to understand what we really do need to pay and what we don't need to pay, right? And mm-hmm. some of those things. And so, you know, Marcelino, as I talk about that a little bit, and I'll introduce you to the V5O guys, because I think it'd be a great connection. Where can the listeners get a hold of you? Because they should, they should get a hold of Marcelino. Where should they get a hold of you? Well, let me see if I can count the ways. Oh, just one. <laughs> we'll post everything else. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. I mean, as I mentioned, they can always, uh, uh, one way, of course, I'm on LinkedIn, both business and individual pages there. And then, of course, at cashtracksfinancial.com, a website that just got redesigned and we're still tweaking it and everything. But uh, or uh, or whenever, of course, through through my own podcast, the Tax Answers Advisor. Yeah, you have you have your own podcast. It's a great podcast and it goes weekly. Right. And it's live. Well, it's changed. I forgot oh, has to mention it to you earlier. Yeah. Yeah, oh. not, not quite doing it every week now, but we're still putting out new material. So, oh, that's good. Um, and then, um, with that said, Marcelino is spelled with one L, right? <laughs> yes, one L. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes people wouldn't know that. So, if you're looking him up on LinkedIn, that would be great. So, yeah. this has been a great episode. Thank you so much, Marcelino. I want to thank all the listeners, and hopefully, they got some good little nuggets about preventing some challenges within the tax space and helping their cash flow. And I just want to thank all of those who tune in week after week. I appreciate you very much. And thanks again, Marcelino. Thank you so much, Valerie. It was, it was a real joy being here with you today. I appreciate uh, the opportunity. Perfect. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you all for joining another great episode. For show notes, links, and resources, visit RevenueMaze.com. And never forget, you are why.